Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I'm Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have Rodney Bullard on the show today. Rodney, thank you for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. It's truly my pleasure to be with you all. I mean, we have quite a few people on the show that are not really big wigs. <laughs> and yes, yes, yes. Today we got a big wig. He is VP of Community Affairs at Chick-fil-A. Uh, he is also the Rodney is also the executive director of the Chick-fil-A Foundation. He is a speaker. He is formerly with the US Air Force. He is also an astronaut with NASA. Yeah, is that right, Rodney? What he shared earlier. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a, probably not right, but uh, you know, if NASA were looking <laughs> we'll to, uh, to take a step down, I would I'll take the job. He was a White House fellow with NASA, and he also is formerly with the Department of Justice. He is a first time author, and that's why we wanted him to have on the show to talk about his book, Heroes Wanted. And what I before we get into the book. I think I speak for, you know, probably every patron of Chick-fil-A across the country when I say, is there any way of getting the calorie count off of the menu? <laughs> because it's isn't a buzzkill for me. Isn't that required now? It uh, There may be some legalities, but I'm just saying that it really is a downer for me personally. Next so let me say. tell you how I personally approach that. I just order with one eye closed. Oh, and so I, like I just keep my eye on the food. Yeah. And you're a professional Chick-fil-A. Okay. All right. Done. Thank you. One eye closed. I'll do that. Uh, Rodney, tell us about your book. So very, uh, very pleased to be with you all and really excited about Heroes Wanted, Why the World Needs You to Live Out Your Heart. Heroes Wanted is uh, my first book and, and really comes from the work that we have been able to do at Chick-fil-A, which is working to ensure that every child uh, grows up to be everything that they were created to be. We noticed what happens in communities and in schools when you don't have heroes. Um, and we have so many heroes out there doing great jobs for children and our schools in particular, teachers, principals, administrators, but we need more. And so really the premise is of the book is very simple, that anybody can be someone else's hero and that we all have the obligation and the opportunity to do so. Uh, so I, I'm very pleased to, uh, to present the book. It curates stories, some from my own childhood, about uh, heroes in my life, but it also curates stories, historical stories about heroism as well. Now, have you always wanted to write a book? I have always wanted to write a book. I, uh, I've i done a lot of speaking and do a lot of speaking, and I felt that the opportunity to get the message out from uh, being a hero was really better conveyed and more broadly conveyed via a book. And so this is the opportunity to, to do that. Now, you mentioned it being full of stories. Part of the stories was uh, from your own life. There's one in particular that you talked about. It was difficult for you to read and kind of that impact that that had on your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Uh, as I said, I think that educators and uh, school administrators are absolute heroes and heroines. 
And in my own personal life, when I was in first grade, my father, a Baptist minister, my mother, an educator herself, scraped to send me to a very prestigious private school here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I had no idea that they were working so hard to send me to this school, but I did know I was struggling in school. And my mother received a phone call in the middle of the year, around December, from the school. And uh, the person on the other line said, hey, Rodney is a fine young man. We enjoy having him in class, but he's not reading on grade level. And we would like to place him in a developmentally slower class. And my mother did not want me to be stigmatized. She didn't want me to go down a path in which uh, I felt that I was less than or that I couldn't do something. She felt that that was not the correct diagnosis for me. And so she moved me to a school called Rainbow Christian School in Decatur, Georgia. And I remember my first day there, and uh, and I'm six foot two now. I've always been a, a tall kid. My father played for the Denver Broncos prior life, so he's a big man. And I remember I, I met this lady by the name of Mrs. Adams, and I swear I was taller than her in first grade. <laughs> and uh, and so Mrs. Adams comes out, and she's this little lady, and I, I didn't know what to make of her, but I was definitely afraid that she would find out that I couldn't read on grade level. Uh, but Mrs. Adams uh, took me in, and at the end of the school year, the remainder of the school year, she called my mother, and she said, Rodney is a fine young man, but he's not reading on grade level. But what she said then was different. She said, but I see potential in him, and I would like to take him uh, and meet with him throughout the summer and teach him to read phonetically, and she did just that. And so she was an unexpected hero for me. She was uh, my hero that, that I needed and wanted at the time. Very nice. You uh, talk about your mom's influence there. A lot of people who listen to our podcast, they are they're young families, young parents. And, you know, we talk all about time that, you know, our children, our legacy. Looking back growing up, what would you say would be the biggest lesson that you learned from your mom and the biggest lesson you learned from your dad? So, you know, I learned from my my mom resilience and perseverance and my mother never gave up, even though things might be difficult or tough. And she instilled that in me, a sense of resilience and hope and faith, and particularly a, a, a religious faith. My mother, even though my father was the minister and the pastor, my mother really uh, spent a lot of time with me in the Bible and spent a lot of time with me uh, just helping me understand the love of Jesus and the love of God. And so I appreciate her for the faith that she gave me. And my father, my father uh, has a huge heart, big man with a big heart who loved people and never gave up on people. He always was bringing someone into the home, always giving someone a second or third or fourth chance. And, and I saw him act as a hero to so many different people. And I realized that your actions don't have to be giant actions. You don't have to be a millionaire or billionaire. You don't have to be famous to be someone's hero. Uh, and that we all have an obligation to help someone else. And so I, I appreciate both my parents. They were wonderful role models and still are. I tell you, you have, your voice sounds like a Baptist preacher's son. Uh, yes. So I bet <laughs> it wouldn't take a lot for you to get ramped up. <laughs> it would not, my friend. It, it does not. My wife will tell you that now. Because <laughs> if you were to start preaching, I mean, we'd pass a plate. I mean, I bet it would be good. Well, well as my father used to say, don't put any loud money in the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it hit the bottom. You tell the story about you being a White House fellow. 
and going then into in pl- being placed in NASA. You tell the story about uh, one of the ladies that's in the application process discouraged you from this because she said, well, you know, really being a White House fellow, that's for superstars, which apparently she did not consider you to be. What do you hope other people learn from a story like that where you really got discouraged? You know, I, I hope that people learn because my response to, to her saying that's for superstars, my response was, that's why I'm applying. And, you know, I didn't get discouraged by her comment. Uh, I recognized that people will make all sorts of assumptions about me, about individuals, and whether it be because of difference, because of stereotype. Uh, I'm, as I said, I played football growing up in high school and in college. And oftentimes I think the stereotype is because of my size or maybe even because of my complexion that I am fit into a certain box. But what I want people to learn, particularly parents, don't don't stereotype your children and give them the confidence to know that they can do anything and they don't need to gain their confidence from the outside world. They need to gain their confidence internally from God, from what God has given them and blessed them with, and for them to stand resolute uh, on that promise that God has given us. And so actually one of the chapters in the book uh, is about confidence, uh, because I think it takes confidence to be a hero. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo we, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. Another chapter within your book, chapter six specifically, it talks about community. And you mentioned that everybody has a leadership responsibility in and to the community. Uh, Share with us a little bit about that. So, you know, I I think about the work that we do at Chick-fil-A and I lead our community affairs. I lead our philanthropic strategy at Chick-fil-A and I'm blessed to do that on behalf of the Kathy family and Chick-fil-A corporate. Uh, And I think about our work and I, I often tell people it's not charity. It's not philanthropy. It is leadership. And leadership is about solving hard problems. And there are problems in our community that need each one of us to lend a shoulder to. And each one of us has our own opportunity to be a part of the solution. We don't have to solve the entire problem. In fact, uh, each one of us has a piece of the puzzle. I hear people say, you know, if I did something, it would just be a drop in the bucket. And the truth of the matter is we need your drop. And each one of us needs to lend 
their drop to the bucket. And once that happens, we have a full bucket. And so I really believe that it's the millions who save millions. It's not the one or the two or the few, but it's the millions who save millions. You know, you mentioned the the Kathy family just a minute ago. Dan Kathy has always, I actually saw him speak my freshman year at Baylor University, came to uh, one of our chapels. For the past almost 20 years, I, I felt like he is probably the nicest human being on the planet. But part of me has been hoping he's like really, really mean to Behind make me closed doors. Yeah, feel better about mm-hmm. myself. Speak to Dan Cathy. Is, is he as nice as he seems? Dan is uh, everything that you see. Dan is as genuine as uh, you get. And there is no, uh, there's no filler to Dan. Dan's just authentic. And Dan's heart for people, particularly for community. Uh, here in Atlanta, Dan has championed the efforts of revitalizing and uplifting a community that sits right across the street from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, where uh, my, my Atlanta Falcons uh, play. I'm a long-suffering Falcons fan. Uh, yes, uh, my friend. It took me a while to get over uh, the Super Bowl of, uh, of last year. Mm-hmm. You, but, uh, you guys killed us, our Cowboys. True. Well, we, we, we won one game. I'm glad about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Dan has really championed this community, uh, the west side of Atlanta, and his heart is on display. Uh, not only is his heart, but his time and his pocketbook. He's there in the community. He's there with uh, with people. He doesn't see a difference between himself uh, and anyone else. And, and I love that about Dan. See, you're describing Dan Cathy and and your work in community community relations and everything that Chick Fil A is doing. And yet, the publicity over the last couple of years or so has been so negative. How frustrating is it for you to know, to know what the motives are, to know what the intentions are, to know what the actions are of Chick-fil-A and its founder, and yet to a large swath of America, they have a, a negative opinion of Chick-fil-A? Well, I'll say this, you know, we have definitely enjoyed our, our share of positive press as well over the years. And, and our numbers, uh, people continue to come and eat Chick-fil-A. And I think they come because they feel the authentic hospitality in our restaurants. They feel the authentic hospitality of our owner operators who who are community leaders in local communities throughout the nation. And I think that the majority of Americans really do uh, understand that we can have difference and divide over a whole host of things. And oftentimes uh, we can camp out on those things. But uh we have so much more in common, and that's really one of the threads of the book, Heroes Wanted, that we can be a hero across difference and a divide. And in fact, we have an obligation to do that. Wherever uh, there is a need, we should feel that need regardless of whether it is uncomfortable. I thought it was so <laughs> uh, humorous, ironic, whatever you want to say, but every time there was a boycott called for for Chick-fil-A, the line through the drive through was at least three blocks long. So just from a business point of view, y'all should call for a lot more boycotts <laughs> because you, you couldn't get in a restaurant. I think we'll refrain from that business <laughs> strategy, but uh, but we do want people to know that we, we, we're happy to serve uh, anybody and everybody who comes to our restaurants, and, and it's really our pleasure to do so. A few minutes ago, you spoke about community, and within America, uh, our four walls, there's so much infighting. What issues do you see within the community nowadays, and what can heroes really step up and do to encourage uh, change for the better? 
You know, I think there's the issue uh, always of our communities having the have and the have-nots and seeing that as the norm. Uh, because God doesn't see us as have and have-nots. God sees us as equals, and we're all all his children. And so we, we get an opportunity, and Heroes Wanted really, I hope, speaks to this as well. We get an opportunity to uh, to uplift people. Uh, and there is a story in Heroes Wanted, uh, a friend of mine, Greg Ellison, who is a uh, professor of theology at Emory School of uh, Theology, the Candler School. Name is Greg Ellison, and Greg has written a number of wonderful books about this. But he tells a story about his aunt Dot, and he says Aunt Dot was his favorite, or is his favorite aunt. She's still alive. And Aunt Dot, when he was six years old, uh, he and Aunt Dot would have great conversation. And he asked Aunt Dot when he was six, "How do you change the world?" And Aunt Dot said, "Baby, I don't know how you change the world, but I know you can impact the three feet around you." And he said he took that and he took that notion that he could impact the three feet around him and he could give a kind word and he could uh, be hospitable to someone else. He could notice someone else. Oftentimes we walk right past people and don't notice them. Uh, and I, I've realized as I've gotten older and as I've traveled that if we all take care of our three feet, that in fact we can change the world. And so many of our political issues are perceived issues, they fall by the wayside, or we can solve them, or we can at least agree to disagree. Because at the end of the day, uh, our three feet and the person who is within our three feet is so much more important than those issues. We, we are passing the plate right now. <laughs> that was great. Seriously. <laughs> uh, in association with Heroes Wanted, you also have started a social media campaign, I guess, encouraging people to share their everyday hero story. Tell us about that. So you can go, uh, and when you do share your story, hashtag heroism on display. Uh, when I tell the story of Mrs. Adams in particular, everybody tends to think about who their Mrs. Adams was in their life. They think back to a teacher, a parent, a cousin, a grandmother, a coach, uh, someone who helped them. And I want people to share those stories because at the end of the day, that inspires others to be a hero. And it also informs others that you don't have to be perfect. We all are flawed. We all have come short of the glory. And therefore, we all can use that flaw, uh, that whatever, to be empathetically helpful to someone else. Very nice. Listen, we want to thank you for being here. And and if you don't mind, and I'm sure you probably wouldn't, for me, like to drop your name the next time I'm in the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they may right charge here. you twice, my friend, if you oh, do that. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> All right. I won't. I don't know if you've heard of him, but Close personal friend. if you want more information about Rodney, go to RodneyBuller.com. If you want more information about the book, it is HeroesWantedBook.com. Rodney, thanks so much. Thank for you being so on. much. Truly a pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. We need your drop. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we need your drop. We need your drop. Take care. Because if everyone gives a drop, you get a full bucket. Take care of your three feet. Very, very nice. Now, you'll notice. There was some, there was some football imagery just going through my head. There was, and just I didn't want to go there with him. Take care of your three feet. My dad was the starting quarterback for the Albany Lions, <laughs> and I thought we could get into some trading. Albany University? 
No, Texas. Oh, Albany, Texas. With his dad, with the Broncos. But you notice he was fantastic. He was fantastic. I didn't mention, and no one heard the the music that goes along with him being one of the favorite guests because he like supersedes he was, all other favorite guests. Well, no, he was fantastic, and he would definitely make the wall. And I would definitely want to buy him enchiladas and moss should he ever be in Austin. Except before the show started, he mentioned he was coming to Austin for South by. <laughs> So the chances of me, I mean, now all of a sudden I might have to mm-hmm. actually shell out. He would no more take you up on that. No, but I just didn't want to chance it. Yeah. Just in case he was hungry. I mean, what was he got to eat? So yeah, taking care of your three feet. And there are obviously football implications there, but there are parenting implications. Mm-hmm. You can teach your kids to take care of their three feet. You as parents don't necessarily have to change the world or worry about your kid next week, next month, or next year, but worry about your three feet right now, today, loving on them to be able to um, uh, encourage them to make a positive impact in the future. And, you know, he talks about, you know, everybody needs that adult, that teacher, that youth worker or whatever. And as parents, we really ought to pray that there is going to be that neutral adult that's going to be in our kids' lives. You know, I got the privilege of, uh, as being a youth minister, I got kind of the privilege of being that in the lives of a lot of kids. But I'd say all the time that you three, my three, they didn't get that. Their youth minister was their dad. And that doesn't count. That's not the same thing. But so blessed that there were other adults that stepped into y'all's lives and became those very powerful voices and a guiding influence for you guys. I want Rodney to be that voice for me. I know. Rodney, guide me. (laughs) If I could just sit down and talk with him and Dan. I know. If you want more information about this show, as well as any links to, obviously, Heroes Wanted, as well as his website, it's paradoxpodcast.com. Click on the episode tab. If you want to follow the show, as well as us individually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it is that website as well. And in July, 21,000 downloads. In July? Excuse me. January. Yeah, in January of 18. Yeah, this past month, 21,000 downloads. We had our most. Yeah, we and never we had 21,000. And we took the month off. I know. We took the month off and had our most They downloads. would rather us not actually be here speaking. <laughs> but that was uh, a cool thing. Yeah. Never check, hit 21 before. Check out the website. Y'all take care. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. And that's the interesting thing is hellacious is perception. Mm -hmm. They've done bukus of studies on twins that grew up in the same household and experienced the same trauma. Mm -hmm. And one went on to do unbelievable things and the other, you know, in this case, let's say neo-Nazi. So it's interesting because even, you know, this, this person that you're describing, if he was able to get honest and talk about the hurts and the wounds from childhood, his siblings might look at him and go, "Mm -hmm." you're out of your mind. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that trauma is perceived.